verse 32 through verse 34, if you'll stand with me for the reading of the word. I want to share with you something this morning that's been, I'm just going to tell you like I told my family last night. Earlier last week, I thought I was going one direction. I worked toward it. Getting it ready. Then later on, I felt I was going another direction. Started working toward it. And last night, God said, here it is. So we're going the third direction today. And I want to make sure I follow the will of God exactly the way I feel it in my heart. It's going to be a little bit different today. But I want to give it to you the way I feel like God wants me to give it to you. And I ask you to be very open, be very attentive, and don't miss one thing God wants to say to you. Notice what I said, not what I say per se to you. Don't miss one thing God wants to say to you. A lot of it, he's going to speak to you through my voice. But some of it, he's going to speak to you in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. Don't miss one thing God has for you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32 through verse 34, the message translation. If God gives such attention to appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What am I trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. I'll read that again. Not being so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. I like that. You will find all your everyday human concerns will be met. I believe he's saying there, don't sweat it. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. I want you to key on that phrase. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I want to share with you for a few moments today on this thought. I surrender all. 
God, I don't just give you a portion. I don't just give you a part. I don't just give you what seems right with me. But Lord, I give you all. And that's where that part of the verse comes from. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. That means total surrender. Mind, soul, body, spirit, everything. Father, I ask you now that you would anoint this word today. Lord, that you would let me preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, in a very powerful way, Lord, as you have, Lord, as you have brought it to life in my spirit. And God, as you have brought it to life, I pray that you'll let it come to life as it rolls off of my tongue today. Lord, as your spirit flows out and flows in this morning, I pray, Lord, you take your liberty in this house. And I pray that everything that happens in this room, God, you shall be pleased with. But, Lord, that everything that happens today here will be life-transforming for everyone in this room and to everyone who is listening online today. God, may your will, may your purpose, and may your desire be fulfilled completely. And, God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn around and look at your neighbor and say this, I surrender all. How about you? Now, if you didn't mean that, run to the altar right now and repent. But I know that you meant that from your heart. Think about that statement again. It's three words that are so very powerful. I surrender all. Which says to the Lord, God, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not holding any reservations, God. I'm not keeping anything from you, Lord. But everything I have, everything I am, everything I possess, everything about my life, God, I'm presenting it to you. And here's the reality. God knows whether you're giving your all or not because he knows everything about you. Sometimes we say we give our all. God knows you're not. Amen. Sometimes we say we've surrendered everything. God knows you haven't. So it's not about what we say or what sounds good or what we like. It's about what we truly do when it concerns what we surrender to the Lord. Now let me just say this to you quickly. We're living in a time now, and I know this is kind of unique in starting out, but I want you to hear it. We're living in a time now when so many people are walking in what I will call spiritual poverty in their life. Their spiritual level has fallen to the place that they are literally walking in a poverty place in their spirit. But I believe with everything in me, God sent me by today to say to you it's time to put an end to spiritual poverty and to trust in God once and for all in our life. Now, before you quickly judge anybody else for walking in spiritual poverty, you want to know the real truth? Every one of us have been there at some point and someplace in our life. We've all walked through spiritual poverty. We've all walked through those low places. We've all walked through those times when we were not near as close to God as we used to be. So every one of us need to take a look at ourselves today and ask yourself, are you putting your full trust, are you putting your full dependence upon the Lord? 
Do you trust him with everything in you? Are you surrendering everything to God? Can I tell you the only way, only true way that you can do that is to find that place and to trust in the Lord and to depend on God is to surrender everything. That's the only way to get there. But here's the reality. Too often we feel that it's easier said than done. It's easier to say I give God everything than it is to really do it. It's easier to say I surrender all than it is to surrender all. But today, I want to show you how you can do it. Today, I want to show you how it can be done according to the Word of God. Number one, to surrender all, we must be certain in our own heart who Jesus is. How can you to surrender to somebody or something that you don't know anything about? How can you surrender to somebody that you really don't understand? If you really don't know Jesus, it's hard to surrender to him. If you really don't understand who he is, it's hard to give your all to him. But let me take you to scripture for a moment. In Matthew 16, 13, 17, amplified version. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, and just one of the prophets. And he said to them, and I like this, but who do you say that I am? It's not what everybody else's opinion is. It's not what everybody else thinks. It's not what everybody else believes. Who do you say that I am? I'll just stop right here and ask you today, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you declare him to be? Who do you profess that he is in your life? But he said, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed and happy, spiritually secure, favored by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He understood who Jesus was. But can I tell you before we can truly surrender or we can truly follow Jesus, we must be certain in our own heart who he is, not just what we read, not just what we think we understand, but who we know in our heart that he is for us. Before we can totally take up our cross and follow him, we must purpose in our own heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And we must accept him as the Lord and the Savior of our soul. You cannot take up your cross until you purpose in your heart who he really is, that he is the Son of God. You cannot take up your cross until you totally surrender to him in his saving grace. Amen? Now let's go a little further. That relationship with Jesus Christ must supersede all other relationships in your life. The walk you have with Christ, the walk you have in Jesus, it must supersede or go far above and beyond every other relationship that you have in your life. In surrendering to him, we are putting all other relationships in his hand. And I want everybody to hear this. All other relationships in his hand. 
When you totally surrender to Christ, you're giving every other relationship in your life, you're surrendering it to him, saying, God, you're first, and everything else comes thereafter. What does that mean? We're putting our marriages in his hands. And I'm just stopping to say this while I'm here. We need to put more of our marriages back in the hands of God and let him take control of the marriage again that it'll become once again what it needs to be. Amen? Amen? It means we're putting our children in his hands. Let me say to every mom and dad in this room, I know that you've done it. I trust that you've done it. But if we've ever put our children in the hands of Jesus Christ, we need to put them in the hands of God now. You say, but pastor, my children are grown and gone. It doesn't matter. Until the day they turn your toes up and they plant you six feet in the ground, you keep your children in the hands of God no matter what their age is, no matter what their walk in life is, no matter who they have become or who they are you keep them before God because they may not be keeping themselves before God but if you keep them before God it means when we're totally submitting to him we're putting our home in his hands I'm going to ask you a question how long has it been since you've given your home to God Again. I trust you gave your home to God in the beginning. My wife and I, before we bought the house that we live in, before the house we lived in, before, but especially here, we went through, we anointed, we had some friends come over and lay hands on, anoint, pray. We gave it to God. I shared with you not long ago, we went back through the house again not long ago. We swept the house. And we gave it back to God. Every now and again, you need to surrender once again. Whatever it is, give your home to the Lord. But let me just say this. When we're submitting to God, it means we're putting everything that is a part of our life in his hand. You know what that means? It means he takes charge of everything in our life. I'm going to ask you something. Does God have charge of everything? Does he have charge of your checkbook? Does he have charge of your home? Does he have charge of your life? Does he have charge of your emotions? Does he have a charge of your thinking? Does he have a charge of your heart? Does he have a charge of everything of who you are? Think about it for a moment. Just think about this. He calmed the storm on the raging sea. We read about it in the Word of God. He healed all that were sick and afflicted. We read about it in the Word of God. He has all power in heaven and earth, and it's given to him by the Father. And can I say this to you? If he can calm the raging storm, if he can heal all the sickness and disease, and he has all power in heaven and in earth, and when we submit to him, it means that we place all that is a part of us into those same hands. So the same hands that calm the storm is the same hands that will calm the storms of your life. The same hands that heal each and every sick one in the word of God is the same one that will heal and deliver you. The same hands that has the power in heaven is the same hands that will reach down upon the earth and touch you where you are and transform your life forever. Amen. 
So in submitting unto him, it's saying we place all of what we have and who we are into his hands. Those hands that change everything. Can you imagine that for a moment? That means I'm holding nothing back from God. Now let's just get real and up front for a minute. If you hold the least little thing back from God, you haven't given him everything. Somebody said, duh, but think about it. You hold the least little thing back from God. You haven't given him everything. And can I tell you this? That one little thing that you haven't given to God may be the one thing that the enemy comes through to work against you in your life. Did you hear that? I'm going to say that one more time. That one little thing that you're holding back from God may be the very thing that the enemy comes through to hit you in your life. Let's go a little further. To surrender all means we must deny ourselves. Look over at your neighbor and say, deny yourself. Now look at him and say, hey, did you hear me? Deny yourself. We must deny ourselves. Matthew 16, 24, New King James said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Simply put, deny himself. But then you go to the message translation, I like what he said. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me, has to let me lead. Listen. Anyone who wants to continue to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. So what is he saying here? He's saying you have to deny yourself. You have to let him take control. He gets in the driver's seat. You get out and you follow the lead of Jesus Christ. But can I just stop and say, this is the difficult place. That's the hard spot for so many people, especially in this last day. Why? Because they are no longer in control. We don't like to not be in control. We don't like it when we feel out of control in life. We don't, we don't like it when we feel out of control in certain circumstances. We don't like it when we don't feel like we got some kind of thumbnail on what's going on in our life. But let me just stop and tell you, the best moments of your life is when you will lose control with Almighty God and you'll surrender it all to Him and let Him get in the driver's seat and take you where you ought to go. It's not easy. It's difficult. It's hard. It's hard to let go. It's hard to, and can I tell you why I can preach this? Because I've been guilty. Can I tell you why I said so strongly? Because I have been guilty. But I'm working on myself more every day to give complete control to the Lord and say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll follow you wherever you lead me. God, I just want to be in your will. If we follow him, it means we're walking behind him. 
Are you willing to do that? Some people feel like they always have to be out front. Some people feel like they always have to know where they're going and what's going on. Sometimes when you follow Jesus, you will not always know where you're going. And sometimes when you follow Jesus, you will not always know what's going on. Sometimes when you follow Jesus, you will not know till you get there what's next. Are you listening to me? Sometimes you will not know what's going to happen till you get there. That's where the true trust comes in Jesus. To know that he's got complete control and to know that he will never lead you astray and to know that he'll never let you down and to know he'll never leave you by yourself. He will lead you. He, listen, what does it mean when he's in the driver's seat? It means he will choose the path. We think we know what path in life we ought to walk, but only God knows the real path we need to be on. I found out at a young age, I thought I was going to walk one path when I was a younger man, but God had another path. And here I am today. If I had walked my path, I would have missed a lot of things in my life, especially when it comes to the things of God. But I thank God that he took charge of my life and he put me on the right path. And I thank God that I'm standing before you today proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing the will of the Father. Listen, when you give him complete, it's, it means it, it's no longer about you. It's no longer about us, but life becomes all about him. That's one of the hardest things for us to get a hold of because we want our desire. We want our wants. We want what we want, and we can't help that. Yes, we can. It no longer is about you, but life becomes about him. Listen, when we can surrender all and when life becomes about him, then we can start afresh with Matthew 6, 34 again. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Notice what he said. When you get to the place you can surrender all and your life becomes all about him, then you understand that you to give your entire attention to what God is doing now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will give you or he'll deal with whatever comes hard against you in its time. What is he saying to us? If you truly surrender and you are trusting God as your, as your true source of your life, it should put an end to spiritual poverty in your life. I hope you listen to me this morning. It should put an end to spiritual poverty in your life. And listen to this next part. And you should not be concerned anymore about the what ifs the accuser continually has been throwing in your face. So when you are totally surrendered and you're truly trusting God and he becomes the source, the poverty level is gone spiritually, but also all the what ifs the enemy has been throwing at you over and over again has got to leave. Let me give you some example here. The devil always says, what if God doesn't answer? When's the last time you heard that one? The enemy says, what if it never happens? Then he says, what if it does not work out the way you want it to? 
That's the devil talking. Then he says, what if you never get healed? You ever heard that one? What if things get worse? And then finally he says, what if things never change? If you've heard nothing else I've said, I want you to hear this next statement out of my mouth. You need to tell the devil enough with the what ifs. Enough with the what ifs. It's not about what if God don't. It's not about what if God doesn't hear. I'm here to declare to you, God hears me when I pray. And God will do what he said he would do. He said if I ask and I believe, he said I shall receive. And there's no devil in hell that's going to stand in the way of it. Oh, I hope you're hearing me today. I want to ask you, do you believe? Look at your neighbor, don't smile, look at him. Do you believe? Look on the other side, do you believe? What do you mean, Pastor? Do you believe God's grace is greater than any problem you ever have? Do you believe God's grace is greater than any problem you'll ever face? Listen, if we really do believe God's grace is greater, then why do we let so much stuff get us down all the time? If we really believe that God's grace is greater, then why do we let so much stuff get to us all the time? If we believe God's grace is greater, why do we let the devil keep heckling us? Why do we keep letting the devil attack us? Why do we keep letting the devil bombard us? If we really believe. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to try to say this very calmly because I want everybody to get it. Because we are not focused on the benefits that are provided for us through our relationship with Jesus. Say that again. I'm coming. Because we do not focus on the benefits of the relationship that we have with Jesus. Are you hearing me? When you're not focused on the benefits, then you're looking at all the stuff. You're looking at the stuff of life the stuff of adversity, the stuff of problems, the stuff of difficulty, the stuff of depression, the stuff of oppression, the stuff of demonic resistance. You're looking at all that stuff. What happens is when we really are not believing that the grace of God is sufficient, we try to make it about everything else instead of about him. Hear me this morning. But notice in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But here, verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But how does it come? Seeking first the kingdom of God.
What is he saying here, David? God said, seek me first. Come to me first. Don't let me be last. Let me be first. Seek out what he wants for you. And can I tell you, when you start seeking God and you start seeking out what his desire is for your life, then the benefits will start coming. I said, then the benefits will start coming. I said, then the benefits will start coming. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried it? Think about that just for a minute. What kind of question is that, Pastor? Sure, I've tried it. Have you really tried it? You might be shocked to find out what God wants for you if you only try If you only seek God first. So often we make our plans and we do all these things and when it's all said and done, then we come to God and we pray and we ask God to bless what we've already decided to do. And then we wonder why God's not moving in it. Amen? We figure out our best plan and our best layout and our best way of things that should be done and we go ahead and do it and we come back and later we pray about it, ask God to bless it and we wonder why God's not touching it. Now sometimes God may do that but sometimes God may not. But I promise you this, if you seek God first, he will always Did you hear me? When you seek God first, he will always be there. I got this in bold letters. I want you to hear it. One word from God is all you need. You don't need this one's opinion, that one's opinion, what this one thinks, what that one thinks. All you need is one word from God. Just one word from God. And listen, if you'll seek God, he'll supply you with a word and exceed every need in your life. I said he'll supply you with a word and he'll exceed every desire, every need that you have in your life. One word from God changes everything. I'll say that again. One word from God changes everything. Listen, look what God does for us when we untie his hands with our faith. Ephesians 3 and 20, New King James said this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, are you listening? More than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, he begins to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine in our life. Let me tell you something here. There's an inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy in God which the prayers of all of his people can never draw dry. You know what that means? You can never pray so much that God runs out. You can never pray so much that his resources dry up. Whatever we may ask, whatever we may think to ask, whatever we may dream to ask, God is still able to do. And can I tell you, not just to do, but more, abundantly more, exceedingly abundantly more in your life. 
So whatever you ask, you think to ask, you dream to ask, God will do it immeasurably more than what you imagine. Can I tell you, we are abundantly blessed. Contrary to what some of you sitting in this room think, because all you've been focused on lately is the hardships of your life. All you've been focused on lately is what everything's been going wrong in your life. All you've been focused on lately is everything that's adverse in your life. But God sent me by to tell you, we are abundantly blessed. If we can get past the fact of looking at what's wrong and start looking at what's right. If we can get past start looking at all the things that are adverse and start looking at things that are working in the right way with God. If we can believe and open our mouth to praise and proclaim God's blessing over our life, he will exceed every expectation we got in our life. You see, Brother Leon, my expectations go so high, but if I can learn to praise and proclaim and worship the Lord, he'll take me beyond my expectations, and he'll go much higher, he'll go much deeper, he'll do much greater than I ever thought or imagined or dreamed in my life. Amen? But my part is to praise. My part is to worship. My part is to get locked into God and he'll exceed my expectation. Can I tell you, there needs to be no more scheming when it comes to God. I'm not talking about on God's part. I'm talking about on our part. You hear me? There needs to be no more scheming when it comes to God, when it comes to us. No more second guessing. No more plan B thinking. Hey, Keith Owensby, are you listening? I say that because I'm bad sometimes about having a plan B. I've always been open, honest, and real with you. I'm going to be open, honest, real with you now. I'm bad a lot of times about having a plan B. Got to have a backup. Got to have a backup. And I'm going to say this to me and everybody in this room. There needs to be no more scheming, no more second guessing, no more plan Bs when it comes to God. End of question. No more plan B. Just trusting in God with everything that is in you. Trusting God with all of your heart. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 10, it, the message said, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. I'm going to say that again for somebody. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. You said it. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. I'm going to throw a plug in there while I'm in. If you don't pay tithe, you're missing it. If you don't give God the first fruits of your increase, you're missing it. What are you saying, Pastor? He said, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Then he said, your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. 
So what's he saying? He said, you give him your first fruit. You give him your best. You give him off the top. You bless the Lord. He said, your barns are going to burst and your wine vats will brim over. What's he talking about? The abundance of the blessing of God will overflow in your life. It's not man's principle. It's God's command. Now, there was my offering message for today. New King James says, lean not on your own understanding. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Everything on your own, according to the message. But New King James said, lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes we like to lean on everything but what we know we should. Amen. I said, sometimes we like to lean on everything but what we know we should. And that's why the accuser says, all this saying you're saying about the word of God sounds good. But the devil says, there's just one problem. It's too good to be true. Has the devil ever told you that? I said, has the devil ever told you that? Everything you're saying about the word of God sounds good, but it's too good to be true. That's when you have to say this. But devil, I declare before you, and I make this declaration, God's word is not mocked. God's word does not return void. God's word is true and God's word is just. Therefore, I choose to believe and live in the peace of God's word that is delivered in every situation in my life. Philippians 4, 7, the voice said, and know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all our human understanding, will stand watch over your heart and mind in Jesus the anointed one. Did you get it? And know that the peace of God, a peace that passes all understanding. There is such sweet peace that only God can give you when you finally place everything in His hand. You'll never know the fullness of the peace of God till you turn it all over to Him. You'll never know the fullness of the peace of God until you can totally lay everything into his hand. It's in that place in your life you'll know peace beyond measure. It's a wonderful place to live. Notice again what the message said. Your body will give glow with health. Your bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. The more you place into the hand of God, the more you simply allow yourself to let go and trust God in everything of what he has accomplished in the cross will happen in your life. The more he will pour into your life abundantly and the more he will take you to new levels of your relationship with him. And I want you to hear this. There's nothing God will not do for you. I said there's nothing God will not do for you. The Bible was sure assures us that everything is possible as long as you put him in first place. God says, if you trust me, there's more. If you trust me, I'll make a way. If you trust me, I'll be there. If you trust me, I'll show you what you could not see in yourself. The apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. The New Living Translation said, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me my strength.
Apostle Paul could say that because he surrendered all of his will to God. And can I tell you, you can do the same today because God's Word declares that you can. And that brings me to a very important question in this room today. Have you surrendered to the will of God in your life? Have you surrendered to the will of God in your life? Have you surrendered everything to the Lord? I'm going to be as calm as I can right here. Listen to me. I'm not talking about becoming a Christian. I didn't ask you, have you become a Christian? I'm not talking about joining the church. I didn't ask you, is your name on the roll book? I'm talking about establishing a relationship. I'm talking about establishing your place with God. I'm talking about surrendering your will. I'm talking about laying it all down at the feet of Jesus. I'm talking about everything being given in to the Lord. Listen, as I bring it to a close, I want you to hear this closely. Prayer is surrender. And it's time we surrender to the will of God. I believe to fully surrender to the Lord, we've got to pray like we've never prayed. We've got to talk to God more fervently than we've ever talked to God. Because it's through our time in Him that we surrender. It's through our time with Him that we surrender. I want to share something with you. If I throw a boat anchor from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull on it, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull me to the shore? Think about it. All you fishermen, David, you throw an anchor to the shore and you pull on the line, are you going to pull that shore to you or are you going to pull your boat to the shore? What's that have to do with this? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but it's aligning my will to God's will. Prayer's not pulling God to my will. It's aligning my will with the plan and the purpose of God for my life. That's surrender. Stand to your feet with me. There's an old song that says, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. Surrender. To surrender spiritually means that a believer completely gives up his own will and subjects his thoughts, ideas, and deeds to the will and the teachings of Jesus. Surrender is willfully accepting and yielding to a dominating force and their will.
ask you today, have you surrendered all to Jesus? Don't quickly answer that question. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes all across this room so you can get focused on what I'm going to say to you. Don't you block everything else out. Close your eyes all across this room. Block everything else out. Have you surrendered all to Jesus? Have you really given him everything? Have you really made him ultimate? Have you really made him number one? Think about this. You may be dealing with some of the issues you're dealing with in life because you haven't given it all to Jesus. You may be walking through some of the turbulent places of your life because you haven't surrendered all to Jesus. You may be fighting some of the battles that you're fighting spiritually now because you haven't given it all to Jesus. You may be struggling with some of the things that you're struggling with now because you haven't given it all to Jesus. And that question is clear. Have you surrendered all? But then I ask you, are you in alignment with Have you lined yourself up with the Word of God? Have you lined yourself up with Jesus Christ? Have you aligned yourself up in the Spirit of the Lord? Are you in alignment? 